Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A college prayer of the Master Transfiguration entreats something very beautiful that tells us very much about the meaning of the Transfiguration, not just for them, but for our lives even now. And the college prayer for this Mass, the prayer is... Lord, have mercifully releasing us from the disquietude of this world, that we may gaze upon the King in all of his beauty. Being released from all the things of this world that block our vision of him, that we may be able to gaze upon the King in his beauty. My friends, this is what we're going to talk about tonight with the Blessed Transfiguration. So let's have a look at the Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 9. So in this scene, our Lord Jesus Christ takes those initial disciples, the first ones ever called, Saints Peter, James, and John. And what does he do? He leads them up a mountain to pray with them. You get this image as we've been talking about around here off and on in various masses. This image of ascension to pray, ascension to be with God. We see this as they ascend this mountain to pray. And we're told that as Jesus prayed, something magnificent happened, and they beheld him. He was transfigured. He was absolutely transformed before their eyes. Our Lord's face shone and radiated with the very glory of God. And his clothes even became white as the purest of brightness you could imagine. And at that time with him appears blessed Moses the great prophet Elijah, and he, they see him in all of his glory conversing with these two blessed and holy men. This is what these three disciples witnessed, and my friend, their eyes were opened and they were amazed. My goodness, who would not be amazed at such a wondrous, wondrous sight? And it's the progression of this event that led to the display and the transformation of Christ himself, the display of his glory to the disciples. It's the progression of the event that we're to attend to tonight. Again, they were led by our Lord Jesus Christ up a mountain to do something specific, to pray and to pray along with him. And as Jesus prayed, he changed entirely. Before their eyes. He was transformed, transfigured into something so different. Going from the appearance of a mere human to then radiating with the divine glory of God as he prayed. And I tell you that one of the greatest teachings of the church on the transfiguration, there are many we could attend to with this blessed event. But the one we're here to talk about tonight is that what we see in the transfiguration is God's continuing ever invitation that all of his people, every one of us, ascend the mountain to pray and behold him. Just as these disciples ascended the mountain and prayed and behold the beauty and the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ. They were called to pray. And notice that Moses and Elijah appear with Christ. Now the church teaches us, there's an obvious one, we've all heard this, the church teaches us that these two blessed holy men represent the law and the prophets. 
Moses represents the law. Elijah, the great prophet, represents the prophets to show that both the law and the prophets would be fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. But there's something else that the church fathers want to teach us about Moses and Elijah appearing on that night. Because both of these holy men in their own lives were called by God to ascend a mountain to pray and fellowship with God. One of the most obvious ones, Moses, we know he was called by God to ascend Mount Sinai. And when he ascended Mount Sinai to be with God, we are told that the glory of God, the cloud of glory, descended upon that mountain, just as we have described in the Transfiguration. When Saints James, John, and Peter went up that mountain and Jesus prayed, it says that while he was transfigured, the glory of God surrounded the cloud of glory fell upon the mountain. Moses experienced the same thing. And in fact, from Moses' fellowship with God, Moses himself was transfigured. His face, his flesh, from what he was beholding in the beauty of God, his own flesh radiated with the glory, the magnificent glory of the God that he beheld on the top of that mountain. So much so that he feared that the people would be scared. So he covered his face, he veiled his face. And then he went down and what he received from God, he delivered to the people. This was Moses' experience. What about St. Elijah, the blessed prophet? In 1 Kings in chapter 19, God calls his great prophet Elijah to go up a mountain and to fellowship with him. So he goes up the mountain, and we're told in that scripture that the Lord literally passed by Elijah. And as he passed by Elijah, a strong wind broke the rocks on the mountain before the Lord, but we were told that the Lord was not in the wind. And then an earthquake shook that very mountain as Elijah met with God. But we're told that the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then a fire consumed the very top of that blessed mountain, just as the fire came and consumed the top of Mount Sinai, when the glory of God rested upon him. But we're told the Lord wasn't in that fire. But then Elijah heard a gentle, still, small voice. And in the small voice, Elijah heard and perceived presence of God. And what does Elijah do? He veils his face. He tells us that in 1 Kings 19. He veils his face because he knew he was on holy ground before the Lord and he did not deem himself worthy to show his face before God. The humility of the blessed prophet. My friend, St. Paul, blessed St. Paul, brings the transfiguration, the Mount Sinai experience of Moses the experience of Elijah on top of the mountain all together to tell us something about ourselves in 1 Corinthians, pardon me, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 in verse 18, when the blessed apostle teaches us this, but we all, all of us, with unveiled face, behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just by the Spirit of the Lord. Look how differently St. Paul speaks of our fellowship with God through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit compared to the men of the Old Covenant before the finished work of Jesus Christ. Both Moses and Elijah veiled their faces from the experience of God. Moses veiled his face from the experience, and Elijah 
veiled his face going to experience God in the presence of God. And St. Paul says, but we, with unveiled faces, behold God himself. We are being transformed into the glory that we are beholding through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, we are not invited simply into fellowship with God as if that wouldn't be enough. Our Lord Jesus Christ, through him, we are invited into his fellowship with the Father. And that is a wondrous thing to think about. The very fellowship that Jesus, the Word of God, has with the Father, through him, we are brought into that divine fellowship with the Holy Trinity. That as he sees and responds and speaks to the Father, so we might see and respond and speak to the Father. And we might have the Father revealed to us and see him as Christ sees him through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus never would veil his face before the Father, nor when he would leave. He stood before the Father in fellowship, and that fellowship was prayer all of his days upon the earth. And so it is with us if we will pray, if we will accept the invitation to ascend the mountain of prayer and fellowship with God that begins but doesn't end with the blessed liturgical prayers of the church in the liturgy and the services and the hours of prayer in our homes. But if we let the liturgical prayers being led by the Holy Spirit draw us up to the mountain and be able to see him clearly, now we can fellowship without a veiled face. Now we can receive the revelation of who he is and his virtues and his natures. And we can behold him. And by beholding him, the knowledge, that knowledge of God is what transforms and heals and saves the human soul. It begins, this prayer life, it begins with the divine liturgy where we talked about our ascension and the reason the altar is up. We ascend to fellowship in the most intimate way with Jesus Christ as he offers himself to be joined to us even physically, even beyond spiritually through the blessed Eucharist. And our prayers continue in the Matins and in the Vespers prayer calendar and the services of the church. And it extends even into our homes we're praying both corporately and individually, letting the Lord lead us up the mountain to behold Him and be forever transformed. My friends, this is how every one of the saints in the church became saints. And there is no other way to become a saint in the church. That means healed, made whole, given over to Jesus Christ, but through a life of prayer and a life of prayer that experiences revelation of the beauty of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in our lives. And it's only from our ascending the mountain of prayer that we can be changed. I leave with the words of blessed Saint Ambrose on Luke chapter 9. He taught, the garment of the body, purer and finer after the removal of vices, is made for the resurrection. Keeping the vigil of prayer the disciples saw his majesty because no one sees the glory of Christ unless he is vigilant in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.